It's been about one week since the Wenatchee Apple Sox 2022 season came to an end, and as you probably have noticed, our podcasts have been a little bit less frequent as a result. I'm Joel Norman, this is the Apple Sox Podcast, and that is kind of going to be the theme here moving forward. Of course, uh, next season won't get started until uh, June of 2023, but uh, before we kind of turn toward the off-season mode of the podcast, I figured it was worth mentioning some of the awards that Apple Sox players won this week. Uh, it all got started on Wednesday. Apple Sox second baseman Joichiro Oyama was named West Coast League co-MVP. Now, he did share the honor, uh, doing so with the Ridgefield Raptors outfielder slash catcher uh, Jacob Sharp. And Sharp had a tremendous season. Before we get into Oyama's numbers, we got to give him credit. He reached base 83 times in 42 games and led the West Coast League with 14 home runs and that was playing for a Ridgefield team that just year after year since they've joined this league in 2019 they have been known for their offense and Sharp was kind of at the center of things for them here this summer but meanwhile uh, he shared the honor along with Joichiro Oyama who if this is someone you saw in person this summer I don't think it should surprise you that he was going to at least share the award with someone uh, what an incredible year from uh, Joichiro Oyama. Uh, let's go dig into his stats a little bit. Uh, this season, Joichiro Oyama, obviously, it was one of the greatest seasons in West Coast League history, not just West Coast League history, Apple Sox history. The incoming junior at UC Irvine became only the seventh player in Apple Sox history to play in every regular season game in league play, and he broke several Apple Sox single season records. He is now the Apple Sox single season record holder for plate appearances runs, stolen bases, and walks. 276 plate appearances, 54 runs, 42 stolen bases, and 42 walks. I think it's stunning that he had as many walks as stolen bases, and that's my that's my personal favorite statistic when I look at the year that uh, Joey Churro had with the Apple Sox. He also tied the Apple Sox single season record for triples as he picked up six in the regular season. He did add a pair in the postseason, so technically speaking, he had the most in a single season in Apple Sox history. But uh, in terms of just in regular season play, he is tied with Keston Hira, who also hit six back in 2000, and I believe 15 was when Hira played for the Apple Sox. Um, and it was 15 or 16, I'm blanking on which year. But either way, Hira now in the Milwaukee Brewers uh, system. He's been kind of between AAA and the major leagues the last few years, but I think the cool thing about those two sharing that record is that both of them are guys who have either played at UC Irvine or will be playing at UC Irvine. Of course, Hira played there during college, and Oyama, who began his playing career at Merced, a, a junior college in California, is transferring to UC Irvine and will be playing there uh, this coming fall. Let me read off, I just want to read off the one quote that Mitch Darlington, the Apple Sox head coach, had about him. Uh, I, I think it was just it was high praise, obviously, but just kind of summed up a little bit about Oyama. And Darlington said, Oyama's game can be best described as electric. He brings a ton of energy to the top of the lineup, and his ability to single-handedly manufacture runs is impressive to watch. Joe's discipline and love for the game is going to take him a long ways in this game. Our entire organization is excited to see Joe's career blossom at UC Irvine. So that was what Darlington said, and uh, I think that was the thing. We, we talked a lot about statistics, and there's still a few more I'll get to here in a moment. But I think that was the thing that was so fun to watch about Oyama was the way he played. This wasn't a guy who was going to hit a lot of 
home runs or extra base hits, you know, just with every swing of the bat, but also did do that along the way. But he was such a dynamic player. This was someone who could reach out and poke a ball into left field just to get on base, or he could hit a triple into the gap. And I think that was what was so fun is every time he stepped up to the plate, you knew he was capable of getting on base just about any way, but you didn't know how he was going to do it in that particular at-bat uh, overall. I talked about how he just found lots of ways to get on base. Um, Oyama in the 54 regular season games was on base at least once in 53 of them with either a walk or a hit. The only game he didn't do so was June 14th. And what was so unique about that, it was the 10th game of the regular season. Now, he did not pick up a base hit in that game after collecting a hit in the first nine games of the season. But for the next nine games after June 14th, he would go on another nine-game hitting streak. <laughs> it was just it was incredible the way he was able to find ways to collect hits, uh, even if he had one off night like that. But obviously the walks are a big part of his game. I mentioned he had 42 of those in the regular season. But two different hitting streaks of, it, of nine games and also had a 12-game hitting streak from June 29th to July 15th. So... The first two nine-game hitting streaks came in the month of June, and then he jumped right into a 12-game one heading into mid-July. Oyama also recorded 22 multi-hit games before going on to hit 467 with six runs and multi-hit efforts in all three postseason games. And I think my favorite moment of the summer from Oyama, and again, there's so many to choose from, but game two of the division series against the Kamloops Northpaws, he was standing at second base, and there was also a runner at third. I believe it was uh, Nino Voltaggio. But Oyama tagged up from second and scored on a sacrifice fly to deep right center field off the bat of Adam Fossil. And I don't know if I'd ever had ever or will ever see someone tag and score from second on a sacrifice fly again. And it was just such smart base running on his part. Good job to be able to read the play and realize I can probably score on this ball. And and that was a game the Apple Sox won 17-2. And you could say, oh, you know, they didn't really need that run. But... It's little plays like that, I think, that send such a huge message to the rest of your team uh, that are just so gigantic, and I loved seeing that kind of heads-up play uh, from Oyama. So this is actually the second time this season that the West Coast League had honored Oyama. I mentioned him winning co-MVP. He also was the player of the week for June 6th through 12th, and that was about just over his first weekend of the season. And Oh my! I mean, what was an incredible stretch of five of six games that he played, and he batted 13 for 25 and scored 11 runs in those games. And Wenatchee of those six games at the time won five of them. So that was an, a brilliant effort from him. He would also go on to be named to the All West Coast League First Team the next day on Thursday after winning the Co MVP on Wednesday. So just a big week for Oyama this past week in uh, awards that he won. He also did win one award earlier in the season that's totally worth uh, mentioning. Um, he was honored with the Apple Sox Tommy Watsonabe Award, which has present, been presented to one Apple Sox player each summer since 2000, and I believe 18 was the first year of it. So Oyama was the fourth ever recipient of it. And that's an award, I've explained it a few other times on the podcast, but for those of you who aren't as familiar with it, the Tommy Watanabe Award is one that's handed out not based on your skill, but more based on your love of the game and just kind of your respect for all involved in it. And I think it, we, I think everyone knew that Oyama was the right recipient, and if you didn't know, then all you had to see was his teammates' reaction when he won it. Once it was explained to them what the award was, just the way that his teammates were excited for him, it was like they knew that, like, 
you know, you were the perfect recipient for this. This You're someone who plays the game with joy, and you bring so much of that joy to others when you're at the park. So a great week for Joey Chiro Oyama, as I mentioned, being named both all West Coast League first team and winning the co-MVP honor for 2022 in the West Coast League. And Oyama is the fourth Apple Sox player to be honored as the West Coast League MVP. Steve Marquardt in 2005, Mitchell Gonzalez in 2012, and Michael Tolia in 2015 also were recipients of the West Coast League's MVP. But he wasn't the only person to take away some honors from the week. Applesox had three other players honored on Thursday for all West Coast League honors, including on the second team, it was Iva Arquette, who, uh, another guy who's similar to Oyama. It was so fun watching those two up the middle. Oyama was the regular second baseman. Arquette was typically over at shortstop, and it was a lot of fun to watch them uh, throughout the season, just see what they could do. Uh, together for turning double plays and just all the skill that they brought with the bat. Arquette finished second behind Oyama on the Apple Sox. He hit 335 and just was an incredibly dependable middle of the order bat. He's an incoming freshman at the University of Washington and he led the Apple Sox and finished tied for fourth in the West Coast League with 39 runs driven in. Arquette recorded 19 multi-hit games, including a four-hit effort in his Apple Sox debut on June 6th against the Port Angeles lefties in the 2022 home opener, which was, as I mentioned, his debut as well. He wasn't really bothered by playing every day at shortstop. I think one of my favorite things about Arquette was that he appeared in 36 consecutive games. 36. 35 of those he started at shortstop, the last one on, the th on August 1st, uh, he started at first base in a non-league game, but 36 consecutive games that included three non-league contests in there that he just played every day. He, like Oyama, you could just tell there was that love of the game and the hunger to just get better every day. And it was so fun watching those guys as staples in the lineup just about every game and both quickly became fan favorites uh, this summer. Now, Arquette was drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the uh, MLB draft back in the middle of July. He did not sign with them, and he will be heading to the University of Washington, but uh, it was still a really nice moment for him during the season where he got a chance to be recognized and honored, and that's that's a nice moment of showing that you're on the right track with your, your playing career. So I imagine that won't be the first time that he gets selected, and it's going to be a ton of fun to watch him play at uh, the University of Washington this coming spring. In addition to Oyama being on the All-West Coast League first team and Ivar Arquette being the shortstop on the All-West Coast League second team, the Apple Sox did have two honorable mentions for the 2022 All-WCL honors. Uh, Matt Hallback received honorable mention honors. Unsurprisingly, if you watched him, uh, I think fans really enjoyed uh, him. When he came, you heard a lot of Matt the Bat chants from fans at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium. Hallback, and rightly so, he was Matt the Bat. He hit 329 with 17 multi-hit games and showed off a lot of versatility defensively. Played at first base, third base, left field, and right field all at least once. Primarily his work came in left field and at first base. Hallback, who is an incoming sophomore at UC San Diego, he regularly batted either second or third in the Apple Sox batting order, and he never went back-to-back -back games without collecting a base hit until his final two games of the season. And it is worth noting, those final two games, the last game that he played in, uh, it was, I think, July 29th, the first game of a three-game set at Kamloops, he drew four walks in that ball game. So it's not like he just had an 0 for day at the plate. It was, you know, a hitless day, but he was still on base a ton. 
Hallback actually also had a personal best eight-game hitting streak at one point. That was July 3rd through 15th, and he batted 371 during it. I think two of his most exciting moments of the season came during that hitting streak when he first hit a go-ahead and eventual game-winning home run in the fifth inning against the Kelowna Falcons on July 5th. And that was cool because his family made the trek up to Kelowna to see that one, so they got a chance to see his only home run of the summer in person. And then he would later on hit a game-tying RBI single in the bottom of the ninth inning against, against Corvallis on July 15th in what was the final game of his hitting streak. Now, the next day he wouldn't get a hit, but he drove in a run in what ended up being one of the more exciting games of the summer as he reached on an error in the bottom of the ninth on July 16th against Corvallis, and the winning run would come in to score for the Apple Sox only walk-off victory of 2022. And finally, the last player for the Apple Sox to be honored with the All-West Coast League honorable mention was Grant Sherrod, who was a guy who he took. He had a really solid year. You look at the numbers, they're fantastic, but it's really because of how well he finished the season. Now, Sherrod played in pretty much from the middle of July on just about every game, 41 games of the 54 on the season. He played his final game on the Friday of the final weekend of the summer, August 5th. But as I mentioned, a lot of games that he played in 41, but in his final 18, he batted 352 over that stretch. And in the middle of that impressive stretch over his final 18 games, Grant Sherrod also had a 10-game hitting streak, which was one of three Apple Sox double-digit hitting streaks in 2022. Now, the incoming junior at South Carolina Upstate was just an on-base machine all summer. He drew 25 walks and posted a 408 on-base percentage in 41 games. I think one of the more memorable moments of the summer that he had, and there's a lot to choose from too, but I think my favorite wasn't necessarily anything he did, but it was when he was uh, pulled from first base with one out in the ninth in the Apple Sox 10-1 victory over Walla Walla on August 5th. And that was nice because it, it gave Sherrod a moment to be recognized by the fans, and, and he had a chance to kind of hug all of his teammates and as he head off the field and get a little bit more applause as he went to the dugout. It was just a really classy gesture. Uh, from the Apple Sox coaching staff to just pull him out at that moment, give him a chance for uh, a moment in the spotlight because he had some huge nights over the summer, and I felt like it was just, it wasn't like he was one of the most heralded guys on the team, but that was the coaching staff's way of saying that, you know, this guy deserves a moment uh, of recognition as well. So really enjoyed that. That was, of course, the night that the Apple Sox would clinch a postseason spot and, of course, would eventually make it all the way to the division championship game. So that was a look at everyone who got honored by the West Coast League earlier this week from the Apple Sox. And as I mentioned at the outset of the podcast, we're kind of into off-season mode. So uh, the daily podcasts that we've been doing aren't really going to be something <laughs> moving forward that we're going to be doing as much because uh, there's not as much to talk about. We're into the off-season mode. The preparations for the 2023 roster have already begun. And before you know it, we're going to be chatting with Apple Sox head coach Mitch Darlington about those as well. So uh, we're going to try to keep things as regular as possible as news happens. We'll have at least one podcast a month, maybe a couple more depending on how things are going uh, here in the off season. But uh, I also am hoping to sprinkle in some fun uh, topics to talk about during that stretch. Uh, I'm going to try to be joined a few times with Mitch just to talk about you know what the plans are for 2023, what he really enjoyed about 2022, maybe some of his favorite moments from the summer. We'll talk about a few things like that over the, the coming months, but then once we get into the calendar year of 2023, 
uh, I think that focus will really start to shift toward uh, the 23rd season in Apple Sox history. So if you have any topics that you would love us to talk about on the podcast this uh, this off season, because like I said, we're going to have time. We're happy to make episodes by request as well. But uh, please make sure to you know send those recommendations over to us, whether that is uh, you know sending us a message on Facebook or direct messaging us on on Twitter or Instagram as well, or even if you want to send an email, feel free to send an email to info at applesocks.com. If you have a topic you want us to talk about or discuss, or you maybe have questions for Mitch Darlington, maybe that'll be something we do at some point. It's just kind of a, a question and answer answer for him uh, with the head coach of the Apple Sox. But if you've got stuff like that that you want us to do, please, please send me the suggestions because we'll happily make as many podcasts depending on uh, how much interest there is in having them as well. So, like I said, if you want to email those over, email info at applesocks.com and just say what you'd like to see on the podcast here this off season. Well, for now, that does it for this edition of the Wenatchee Apple Sox podcast. I'm Joel Norman, and please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you do not already, just so you can get the latest updates on the newest episodes. Make sure to also check out Apple Sox social media, Follow at AppleSox on Twitter and Instagram, and like the Wenatchee AppleSox on Facebook. That'll do it again. As I mentioned, this is the AppleSox Podcast.